Well, welcome to the Memoirs of Abiding podcast. I'm Chris Bryant. We wanted to start something a little different and counter to what many have been taught or learned through experience. Our topics will be practical and theological, focusing on what the early church thought. What we are going to talk about isn't some new idea, but rather an old idea gaining traction again. Our tell is sharing our experiences and looking at the Bible and this material. Our ask is that you will take it into your own devotion time and ask the Lord how to best apply it. We will talk about this material each week, and we have blogs addressing practical applications at www.memoirsofabiding.com. We hope you experience God through talking about His Word with us. Well, welcome back to Memoirs of Abiding, where we are covering God's will this month, and pretty excited to do that. We hear a lot of different ideas of what God's will is for our lives, and we decided, why don't we take the first month of 2023 to talk about that so that we can maybe come to a a better conclusion on that in our own lives. And, And on this call, I'm excited. We've got Ricky Brooks, and we've got Allison back. Uh, Ricky, Allison, welcome. Thank you for having us. Likewise. Thank you, man. Yeah. So we talked about last week discerning God's will. We talked about the three different areas of God's will based on, Ricky, you mentioned the book by uh, Dr. Friesen, right? And um, so we had the sovereign will of God. That was what he created life for what he created the universe for is his creation and his plans and uh we would include the plan of salvation and jesus coming to the cross and all of that then we had the moral will of god that was what we read in the bible you know the do's and the don'ts and how to live and how to live fruitfully and um so that would be there and then the big part that we focused mostly on was what is the individual purpose or will of God for an individual. And that's kind of the most hotly contested. And so we talked about, you know, a little bit about maybe not so much using these current methods and looking at the biblical sense, uh, but also looking at the time and place and why certain situations were there in the Bible. This week, we're going to shift over to the counterfeits to God's will. I think Satan does a great job of bringing up counterfeits, not only to God's word, but to God's will in our life and making us believe something is, is okay or is within God's will. I mean, look at, look at Adam and Eve, right? That was the very first incident where Satan brought that up. So I'm excited to jump into maybe a couple of biblical examples, but outside of the biblical examples, maybe even looking at some practical projections of our will and and our desires onto God's will. So let's, let's get started. Awesome. So when you talk, when you use the word counterfeit, could you describe that a little bit better? Yeah. Something that's not authentic. That's not within God's storehouse and provision. He did not author that or decide that, but Instead, it's something that may present itself to the individual like it is authentic, you know, like a counterfeit bill. When we talk about a hundred dollar bill, it looks like it. It could potentially be used like it, but it's not honored by the U.S. government or 
whatever country it has. So this one would be, you know, the, the will of God versus something that's not the will of God, but may look like it or may, may be able to be used like it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 That idea that when we're not abiding carefully in the Lord and our flesh gets in the way, or if a person even walking closely with God, but doesn't have a clear biblical understanding of the will of God found in the Bible, the distinctions between the occasions in the Bible in which God through special revelation sometimes broke into time and space and told people to do specific things, whatever the case might happen to be, we could get confused or tricked or whatever into literally thinking something that's not in any way, shape or form connected to the will of God is in fact the will of God in my, my life or something along those lines. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. So I just like, it, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just I was saying, just... it's just like Adam and Eve, you know, like you talk about it up. You see, um, God gave them purpose, his will. And, you know, then we come along and the serpent gets them to think, oh, but, you know, I... That fruit does look desirable. Mm. They do see it. They do pass it. But they are walking with God every day, living with God and his word alive and um, talking with him. But then that fruit looked desirable. And then just the questioning, even though they knew what they were, their purpose, their will. Then they began to question because that looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh, and, and referencing you know, that Genesis. That sounds really good to to have the wisdom and knowledge of God, to be like God. That sounds great. Let me do that. Yeah. Well, and that's a key passage, Genesis 3, because it tells us that Eve was was lured via her desires, mm-hmm. her emotions. And and in the New Testament, we're told that she was deceived. We're never told that Adam was deceived. Apparently, he just decided to go along with the whole thing. But the one of the things we learn in terms of abiding with the Lord and dealing with issues of sin in our life is sin is always connected to some kind of desire, you know, some something pulling us to do something. You know, and it comes in all kinds of formats. And then and then a person can get swept up in that and get pulled away and, and and even be deceived. So sometimes when we really end up violating our relationship with the Lord, we might be doing that technically, air quotes here, innocently, because we've been deceived. Or maybe we never learned otherwise. And so we've continued doing things based on our desires that might not fall into the biblical will of God at all. Yeah. Genesis three is uh, like, like the, not the, the, the first mention of that problem, but is the most, I mean, it is the first mention of that problem. 
And then out throughout the book of Genesis, there's example after example of the same thing happening. You know, it's interesting when we when we go back to that introduction definition of a counterfeit, think about, you know, the desire that Eve had. Well, it, it looks good. It It's probably going to taste good. But what was it named? Like a fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, what if we're doing something wrong? You know, wouldn't it be better to know all of this stuff? so that I could follow all the rules that maybe God hasn't shared with me. And then, then I would, I would be even, you know, better off more knowledge is more power is, is better. Right. Knowing is half the battle the GI Joe said. So what about mm -hmm. just knowing in the, in the grand scheme of things, you know, in today's society, that would be highly sought after the knowledge of this stuff. So that we can just know what's right and wrong. Well, no, this is just, it's a gray area. Well, let's make it black or white. Let's understand yes or no on this. And that thinking right there is is the counterfeit, right? Like it's part of the counterfeit where you say, well, yeah, you know, God did say not to eat this, but I would know a lot more and I could accomplish. Now we start, you know, justifying it. And I can accomplish a lot more if I just knew. Yes. And then comes the deception. Well, now, now this knowledge is not just knowing everything that God knows, but a knowledge based on your own perceptions, your own experience. And now we've entered into idolatry because now no longer is god's perception on the world the most valuable thing the most valuable asset we have but seeing life and knowing life through our own independence from god becomes the thing that the enemy offers and it's in that independence from god that we fake ourselves out and we end up with counterfeits yeah. 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 I don't I'm just sitting here shaking my head. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I keep forgetting you cannot hear shaking of the head, but yes, agreed. Well that well said. So it, let's uh, we talked about Genesis three, and if you haven't read that, we've talked about it a few times actually on our podcast. Let's jump into maybe one or two other ones, and then I'd like to maybe go into the more practical things that a pastor hears or a coach hears or you know a bible study leader hears in these counterfeits and the maybe the first biblical example i want to bring up is abraham and sarah um, god gave them that promise we we can read abraham and sarah's story genesis 12 through 18 even even a little bit past that but God promised a child to come through him and Sarah into this world. And there's a big promise that continued on past that, that would include generations and generations so numerous that no one could count it unless they could count the sands, the dust on the, the ground. And so that's a pretty big promise, I'd say, from God. And Sarah seemed to be barren. She wasn't 
having a child. So the counterfeit to her was, well, if you will sleep with my concubine, Hagar, then, uh, you know, that's that's basically what what God wants is for you to have a son. Right. So, I mean, isn't isn't this what essentially sounds like God's promise, a son for Abraham? But uh, missing out on that, they, they kind of missed the whole point of what God's promise was, right? Like at least half of it. Well, yeah. So interestingly enough that the, the biblical example you've offered is one that that helps us in a lot of levels because one, in this particular case, the very personal will of God is now known to Abraham and, and Sarah at that time, Sarai, because he told them through special revelation, the voice of God came to them. So they were under no, they, this is something that God has in store for you. And I have told you this, you know, face to face, so to speak. But in waiting, the desires and the worries crept in. And now she offers her servant to her husband in an attempt to fulfill the will of God in their lives, as opposed to <laughs> waiting on the one who made the promise. And so she's deceived and she's misled by her, her own stuff within her. And as a result, calamity happens. Yeah. There's a great example of somebody thinking, well, this must be the this must be God's will. And it doesn't use those words, but it, it's an ex, a good example of rationalizing based on our desires, based on our perceptions, as opposed to waiting upon the Lord and abiding with Him. What a great word, rationalizing. I think that's that's one that can go to a lot of these different projections of our desires and, and will onto God's. And, and apart from, uh, for her, apart from the supernatural message from God, she just wasn't steeped in the ways of God enough to make a better determination. She fell back on the worldly ways. Well, how how do you how does a man gain an heir if somebody doesn't get pregnant, <laughs> right? And so that's she went down that path. It was the it was the best choice she had. Unfortunately, it was clearly the wrong choice. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that's that's a that's one example. How about another one? And. I, I shared this specifically a while back. Actually, Allison, we talked about this right. this section with uh, Balaam and Balak. So the story is in Numbers chapter 22. I think it goes all the way to 24. But we have this instance where Balak is the king and not very happy about the Israelites coming into his, his territory. So he goes to Balaam who's kind of a prophet, a holy man in their own sense that can curse 
and those he curses are cursed and those he blesses are blessed. So Balak thinks, well, if I could just have him curse the Israelites, then my job's complete and I don't have to worry about these people. So he goes to Balaam. We, you can read the story to get a little bit more, but Balaam, when he's asked to do this, uh, he goes and into the back room, into the broom closet, and he gets a clear message from God. No, you will not curse this people for they're blessed by me. They're chosen by me. So Balaam goes, hey, sorry, I, I can't bless people who I'm not allowed to bless, and I can't curse those who I'm not allowed to curse. So Balak goes off, but then he sends people back. And here's the big one. He sends people back and says, hey, if you'll just come and, and come to my house, my palace, I'll give you even up to half my, my wealth if you'll just come and listen to what I have to say. Now, here's where the will of God, again, was, was known in a special revelation. And we talked about this on the last podcast. The special revelation was God revealed himself for a specific purpose. So not like this is a normal occurrence or Ricky used use the word normative, but this isn't a normal occurrence for individuals in the Old Testament era for, for God to just show up and say, hey, my will for your life is not to go curse the Israelites. But this was specific so that we could understand later uh, generations what God was doing here. So Balaam knows the will of God. Nope, you're not to curse them. In fact, you can bless them. And yet he steps in him and says, well, okay, I'll go with you. Uh, I'll meet at your palace, right? So we can see this. Uh, and I mean, to me, the, the object of his desire is the wealth, right? He's, he's offered half of King Balak's wealth in order to just come and listen to what the king has to say. But there's no reason why he knows God's will. There's no reason to leave. He doesn't have to leave. He knows, in fact, that he can't curse these people because it won't won't happen. So, Allison, we talked about this in a specific instance in your life. But, you know, looking at this, the counterfeit, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think one of the, and I'll apply it to this circumstance, but I think you did a great job recapping that. But one of the things that stands out to me is, yes, he did clearly hear God's will. And they came back and enticed him. Hey, we'll give you all of these things. And Balaam did go back to God. So like he did have that initial, like he, that desire abiding, walking with him. Hey God, are you sure? Are you you sure that's the will that, cause uh, (laughs) this sounds, this is fulfilling some desires that I have over here. So are you sure? And, you know, I think it goes through that a couple of times and then God's like, go. It's a, it's, I really do recommend reading that. And I experienced that. So last year, um, there was an opportunity that came up and there were some discussions on it for a bit. And then I just said, I knew that I needed to stay where I was. So I, I had already prayed on it. I knew there was for the next year I needed to be where I was. And um, 
it was reliving this story come back to me hey but uh we could probably offer you a better schedule hey we could offer you more pay Mm. hey we could offer you xyz could be whatever and i was like oh that sounds great because i being my son's mom is very important to me so and i like our quality time so i was like okay that sounds nice so maybe i should check into this almost like your prayer requests being answered in that right like right Right. and you know I'll, i'll go i'll go ahead and maybe maybe you know these doors keep opening so i might as well check into them that must mean something right and uh so we start to go through the process a little bit and I start to check into it. And then I just remember having this like just confliction of heart. And I was, I would, yeah, I came to you guys and I, I think I ended up calling you Chris and I was like, Chris, da, 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 and like just shared everything. And you're like, uh-huh. Go read. <laughs> go read this and uh, go read Balaam and Balak. And I went and read it and immediately went, Oh my goodness. That's me. You told me where you want. I knew, well, didn't audibly say that, but I knew I needed to stay here. I knew um, ministry wise with some people in my life, this is where I needed to be. But the enticement of having some of the things that I desired and what looked like would be create the life that I wanted more of a work-life balance. I really desired that. Um, And so having that opportunity there was greater than resting in where I knew I needed to be. That desire became very strong And what's interesting is like, you talk about the counterfeit. I mean, I'm reading in my word and praying and talking to God and the whole time. But um, that desire did kind of this, it did sneak up there. But it was so cool to have that circumstance be answered by God's word. Yeah. Yeah. Because before that, I often relied upon what my community would, I'm doing air quotes too, hear from God. Like if they, what they were saying matched up, well, that must mean something. Yeah. So I need to pursue this. And um, that was the most fulfilling and peaceful circumstance to be kind of in that conflict and going to his word and getting the clear answer of, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm questioning you, even though you've already told me. And I mean, it's come up again this year. My mom and I were talking about some different opportunities and she's like, but what would you really do? And I'm like, Oh, God's already told me like, I already know, like my, I'm here for the kids and to pursue and love on them. And I really feel that's put on my heart and my avenue um, 
what he utilizes me for is just to love on this next generation of children. Um, so what that looks like might be different. I, but, um, yeah, I'd already kind of started down that rabbit wow. hole and I was like, Oh, we've already had this discussion. I know where it is, so it's okay. So Allison, uh, just in reflecting on that, your decision-making there was a determination. Well, when you go back to reading this, the story of Balaam and, and Balak, is a, a great demonstration of just how difficult this can sometimes be because in 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 his case <laughs> it couldn't have gotten god was manifesting himself in those special revelation kind of ways mm -hmm. i mean and he was still trying to resist it he was still trying to rationalize you know that you think that the first time god shows up you know and like you hear it audibly or you know you you think holy moly i better just shut up but, yeah but he's but he's like you know they're literally god used an animal to get through to this guy mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was still he was still being he was still resisting which is a demonstration of how how our desires for some form of self pleasure or self-aggrandizement uh, an increase in my wealth or something like that, just how steep those things can run. So now coming back to what you're saying, well, you know, we can give you some things that you don't currently have. Where, where Did you then go, oh, this is what abiding is all about. If I'm not careful to abide in the Lord, then my desire for stuff becomes more important than the very thing that I know god is using me for in the here and now is it something like that yeah um i would say yeah being where this i've done a lot of reflection of you know walk by faith and not by sight and over the past week and and to clarify you're saying well this is by abiding, you're going to step into like some of the things that you like kind of prosperity. Is that what you're saying, Ricky? Well, by, you know, you were, you were entertaining the idea and you, you, you described a little bit about some of what was being offered. But then when you saw the biblical story of Balaam and, and Balak, you were able to come back and and rectify so to speak and go no i know where i'm at is is appropriate uh, i in abiding in the lord am helping some people and you know the students you work with your family all of that that ability to enrich the lives of other people that you're prospering in in the, your walk with god in that way was there was the the bait that was tossed before you similar to that that we saw in the story in the book of numbers and yeah. though you know a, a great deal less financial gain but nonetheless some 
some physical gain in the sense of that position would offer this a little bit better here, a little bit better there. And just simply seeing it in the, the clarity of God going, that's not what I have for you, you know. Right, I would right, agree with that. Right here and now, ab abiding in me and fulfilling this ministry of me through you to them, the people in your life. The God say, God, God's ministry through you to them was way more valuable than chasing something else. But I guess right. that's what I'm trying to figure out. I think that's what I'm hearing. That's right. Because prior to this, you know, I really, you hear people talk about that, like the will of God in your life. What should you, but we so often apply it to things of this world. So, you know, is it God's will that I go to the Olympics or not? Is it God's will that, you know, <clears throat> I marry who I, this person? Is it God's will that I take this job? Is it God's will that I open? There's, oh, that looks pretty cool over there. Maybe I should go check into that opportunity. Um, and so I definitely, prior to abiding, interpreted this as fulfilling his will would be circumstantial to things of this earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas post going into abiding, and really stepping into my identity with him and walking with him, all of the circumstantial things here of earth did not matter because they could not fulfill me. Mm. And so I recognized and just had this clarity moment of like my identity and purpose is walking with you. And then walking with my brothers and sisters here, whether they know their brothers and sisters yet or not. And just stepping into that and speaking with them and sharing how God's working in my life and whatever that may be. And just really loving on my brothers and sisters. And that's yeah. my will and purpose in life where that is can change. But what I'm finding is that when opportunities arise, so these counterfeit um, purposes, they are often, if I am enticed by it, it is because it's enticed by a desire to be free from a circumstantial thing. So, um, you know, better work-life balance, better pay so I don't have to be stressed and work as many different jobs or things like that. And I even had reflection because I felt like this pull within me um, over Thanksgiving, like we went to a little beach town. I'm like, man, it would be nice to just be here. This is peaceful. This would be great. And I kept taking that back to God. And the root of that was I miss home with him and I'm like, no place on earth is gonna provide me with what my heart is searching for because it's not home. It's not mm. actually being with God. Mm. Um, and so that's where I think walking with God, I've seen that shift 
And when I would walk into like this counterfeit and this example here, he didn't, I don't think you really see Balaam go, Hey, this, this sounds pretty nice. God, how about can, or why does this sound nice to me? It's just, Hey God, are you sure? Because the desire within him wells up. That yeah. sounds really nice. Let's go for that extra money and let's go look for whatever he's promising. Cause that sounds nice. And so he just goes back to God and says, are you sure? Are you sure? And doesn't really take that moment to reflect and go, okay. And why am I looking at this and desiring this God? I'm just going to question what you have for me. And so I think that's a key thing that I'm learning to do is when things come up and several avenues might open up and I might get excited about it. Why am I excited about it? What's the desire behind that? And taking that back to God's word and getting grounded in him and taking Mm -hmm. and handing that desire right back over to him so that I am living in his will. And we talked a couple times, Allison, about the role of God shifting our perspective in prayer. And I think this is a good time to talk about that when it comes to these counterfeits. So if I am, and and I also parent my kids alone in my house and, you know, it would be easier. So, you know, my kids have struggles. They've got their own little traumas, whether it's a a brother or sister said something that's mean to them or they looked at them wrong or something more severe. But when they have just meltdowns, Lord, help my kids to get through this. Help just take this away from them. Well, that's, that's a prayer request, obviously. And, and to the heart of a father that you can see that, but all of a sudden when I start looking and I, and I walk in abiding and I can start seeing like all these different routes in life, I can look and I can say, okay, you know, I I could be like Paul. Ah, three times I prayed that he would take away this, this thorn in my side. And yet he kept it there so that I would stay dependent on him so that I would find my sufficiency in Christ. So when we talk about the perspective shift through abiding, I, I can see my prayer request to go a certain way. But in the same sense, as I start looking and focusing more on God and less on my circumstances, then my prayers tend to change, whether it's it's just slightly or whether it's complete 180. I, oh, I Lord, I, I pray that you take this person out of my life. I don't want them there anymore. They just cause me such grief. And then when I start abiding and I go, Lord, I pray for this person's heart. Um, I pray that maybe you can use me to to reach out to them or bring someone else into their life. That's a 180 degree change in our prayer request. One is take them away from me, Lord. I don't want to deal with them anymore. To Lord, change their heart and bring your grace and your hope into their life. So let's bring that back to the counterfeits. If my desires 
And my prayer requests are based off of my circumstances, like you said, Allison, or based mm -hmm. on some situation I'm going through, a, a perceived need in my life, then my prayers will reflect that. Then any enticement that can come up is going to be based on those. I mean, what greater way for the deceiver to come and, and bring something to pull us away from God's purpose and will than using our own prayer requests against us? I mean, we pray those out loud a lot of times. It's not difficult for someone to hear that. So when we think about that counterfeit and we see that, oh, what well, Lord, I pray for more time with my son. I pray for a little bit more money that I can I can take vacations or that I can do nice things with my son. Well, those are great things. But then all of a sudden, like that enticement comes up and it truly is desirous. Like I'm it's a desirous fruit. It it's, looks like it's great. So then as we abide, Ricky, like what you were saying, as I abide more in the Lord and I shift my perspective from the things down here to the things above, then those don't necessarily have the same pull that they used to have. Whereas, you know, when I was focused on my circumstances, the prayers were aimed at, Lord, sustain me, help me out of this. But then all of a sudden, when I realized like, hey, you know what? My last three years of my life living in a constant need for finances that I can't provide on my own brought me to a position where I know that God will fulfill the needs. I, I know because I, I needed it. He provided in ways that I could never imagine. So that's a great tool to help us to shift away from the counterfeits back to the true authentic. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree. And a lot of times I, especially if it's one where it's kind of that repetitive, God, yeah, make this happen or change the circumstance. Um, for me personally, it helps me to do a journal prayer. So I will... Sometimes when it gets to that point of continually asking for the same thing, I like to be able to just let loose with God through a journal prayer. All the emotions maybe that can and, and really let everything be stated. And often through that, I can start to realize the true root of why I'm praying what I'm praying and then come back to him. And, you know, I'm sitting through Isaiah and uh, I think it's 54 where it's, uh, it's 54, 55 where it's my ways are not your ways. My, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And I think one of the most freeing things has been to say, okay, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Here are my thoughts. Here are my ways. I'm going to give them to you. And then I need you to put your thoughts, your ways within me. And he's faithful every time. And then this constant 
conflict of wondering what is my purpose in my this life for me? What does God have for me? Should I be going here in this turmoil of, oh my goodness, I got to make a decision and I want to stay on his will for me, but I don't know. And um, that tends to dissipate because I've given everything that is desirous over to him. I've been able to see that through being completely honest in prayer with him. And then he's always faithful then to come back with his word and give me his thoughts, give me his ways and put his truth in me to where I can have the peace and know I'm okay. That's awesome. You know, it's in listening to the two of you, you know, and then just reflecting on the word of God. Chris, you mentioned the Apostle Paul praying three times, you know, Lord, deliver me from this thorn in my my flesh and my side. And he prayed a lot about that. And God said, no, my, my grace is sufficient for you, right? Uh, five or six years later, he writes another letter. Uh, he wrote that in the second letter to the church in Corinth. Five or six years later, he wrote his letter to the Philippians. And as he wrapped up the letter to the Philippians, uh, he he was talking about how God was working in their life. And he used as an example that they actually helped him and the missionary team financially. And he said, uh, good on you and keep it up. But then he, he said, not that I'm speaking of being in need. For I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Or you, you can think of King David in his younger years. He's a he's a flame of righteousness and bravery, self-sacrifice on behalf of God's nation, Israel. He comes to great power and he's the king, and he because of these desires that creep up on us. He he violated everything. He he violated uh, uh, a woman. He violated her husband by killing him. He, he sinned against God and everybody. As it was pointed out to him by a prophet, it 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 gutted him. It it broke him. He he falls to his knees and he confesses just what a wretched man he had become. We see that in Psalm thirty-two and. Psalm 51. If you read down through Psalm 51, you, you finally come to the place where he says, so if it was sacrifices and rituals that you wanted, I would surely do them. But what you really want from me is a contrite and broken heart. So there's this progression that you two have been talking about, a progression that we see in the word of God, that what God really, really, really desires from us is that we grow dependent on him and be dependent on, not because he wants to lord it over us, but the best thing for any human being is to abide in the creator. And when we do, then statements like Paul's, you know, I've learned to be content regardless of my life's situation, whatever situation he's learned to be content. Decision-making 
comes real easy and we're less inclined to fall for the counterfeits when we have grown up in our walk with Jesus as we abide more and more carefully with him. And the examples that you you led us to in scripture, uh, the two of you, whether it's Genesis 3 or Numbers 22 through 24, all fit that category. You know, when you begin to know the biblical will of God, our personal will is way more easy to discern. Because if I can say, well, somebody's enticing me with a $20,000 a year raise. Is it okay for me to take a different job if it's going to provide for my family that much more money? Yes, except if I find that there's some form of not abiding in the Lord involved in that. Um, if it's if it's greed or ambition or status, self-importance, then that's not becoming more like Jesus. But if I say this step up might be a good choice because I've learned to abide in the Savior and he'll take that increase in the finances and help me to have more reach on his behalf, then the answer is yes. And it becomes a lot easier when we are able to run it through that grid of how is my walk with Jesus doing right now? And every step along the way in this podcast uh, it has been a reflection on kind of that bottom line. And I, I like when you're talking, Allison, because you oftentimes refer to before I began to abide. And now that I've been abiding these years, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're not saying before I became a Christian, which is also true, right? It's, right. I mean, I grew up yeah. in the church. Yeah. So. yeah. so, but that, that dual invitation of the Lord Jesus in our life to salvation and to abiding into a very, very wonderful, familial, dynamic measurable relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To be invited into the abiding circle of the Trinity is a pretty amazing thing. And it overwrites all of the irrational decisions that we make if we grow into that and allow that to happen. Yeah. Uh, I uh, the Having listened to you guys and reflected on some passages in Scripture, I can now think of a million and one counterfeit mm -hmm. <laughs> counterfeit things that i in the past have thought uh, i know that's the will of god and i'm like no, no no it's not but too often i have to go oh no no it wasn't because i chased it down as though it was yeah. right and that's great and i you know i i can look and and after we've talked yeah i mean there's there's so many times and we just we ask you, dear listener, to think about the past choices, but also the present choices. Are these rooted in abiding in the Lord? Is it about living this dependent life on God through surrender and submission? 
if this choice, and we talked about it last week with the athletics or with the, the college, if this choice is about what I can get out of it, then I may be looking at a counterfeit here. But the exact same choice, as I'm abiding in the Lord, it could be an absolute glorification of God or glorifying of him where I can go and I can say, hey, you know, I can I can use this as a platform to show others or to bring others to Christ. I can use this to show that, hey, this beautiful, wonderful thing that God gave me, I get to experience and then to be able to live it out loud. So by abiding in the Lord, we can really start to identify the counterfeits because we can ask the question then, is this about God or is this about my desires, as you said, Allison, or my needs in the flesh? And, and drawing that clear distinction between flesh and spirit. We've talked about that in the past, but the desires that we're talking about are flesh desires. Yeah. yeah. The spiritual desires are to walk in complete unity with Christ. Spiritual desires are to accomplish the complete and utter purposes of God in our lives, which is to live out the great commission, to abide in him in this wonderful relationship, to live with complete dependence on him and not on ourselves, to find our meaning, satisfaction, pleasure, identity, all in Christ, in the Father, in the Spirit, not in ourselves, right? So the, the, a clear distinction between the desires of the flesh to glorify myself or to to induce my own pleasures versus the the spirit which is completely centered on god himself amen <laughs> amen to that yeah well i think this was a good one because the on following podcasts we're actually going to talk about accomplishing god's will on our own without god <laughs> and uh and then talk a little bit more about abiding through all of these counterfeits through all of this and as we abide really truly stepping into the wisdom that comes from the biblical knowledge like in psalm 119 where the prophet said or where the psalmist says hey i'm wiser than my teachers because i follow god's word and that wisdom is what we're talking about. It's going to drive the true will of God in our lives because he gives us free choice. He gives us this choice. And so we want to address that so that you're not bent on listening to a prophetic word from someone or uh, a set of circumstances where all the planets align in just the right way or that one song comes on the radio and you know that this is God speaking to you or so, so many different other examples on that. We definitely want to challenge you with what does the Bible actually show, though? And then you can take that information in your personal walk and ask the Lord, okay, well, I heard this. Help me to actually discern what does this mean for me to live out this life? Because we don't, as Christians, want to live a life paralyzed, waiting for God to speak audibly when in fact he's shown us through his word how to live this out all right well 
let's close this out in prayer. Allison, would you uh, would you be open to I knew it. closing us in prayer? Like Chris is going to ask me. I knew it. <laughs> <sighs> I would be happy to. Love All it. Right, God, thank you for this time together um, with our brothers and sisters here on earth and just really talking about something that's really professed loudly in this world and as a, can often come in as an identity marker and what is my purpose that desire to know what is my purpose and how we can we desire to be with you god and to know you and our heart is for you and how that can get intertwined with messages of this world and with our flesh desires of our flesh and how we can come to you with those and really truly see uh, what you have in store for us instead of focusing on these counterfeit purposes lord god and i just pray that you will send this out and to for our listeners lord god that they will be able to come to you with a complete and open and raw heart and just be completely honest with you, God, with ever, whatever circumstance they may having faced, they might be facing whatever decision they might be facing where they truly desire you, Lord God, I just pray with them in this moment and that they can speak that to you and then give it to you. And then that in return, Lord God, that you just take that because you are the God of the universe. And then that you will just place your word and your truth into them and give them your peace, Lord God, and your lens and your perspective, Lord God. I thank you, God, that you have given us your word, that you've given us your truth and just all of the mess of what we feel inside, we can come to you and come to your word and find that peace, find the rest, find our refuge and know and rest in you and that you are our redeemer. And as we walk through this life, you're going to continually redeem us back to you. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, it's interesting because currently in my, in my, my own life, one of the questions I get quite often is, well, Ricky, how do you know this is God's will? people in my church said, you know, Ricky, why, how do you know it's God's will? And it's interesting because their desire for me not to go anywhere is clouding what I know they already know. Mm-hmm. We've discussed these issues at our church over and over and over and over and over again. But, you know, I'm glad you took us to the Balaam story because I'd almost, I had, I, I, I was sitting here like racking my brain. Okay, what is the sequence of that? And what was that? Like three, four, five times? You know, right. he's, he's smacking the donkey around and the angel of the Lord. It's, you know, you're like, man, dude, Winding you, up. Got, you got a thick head, man. You know, and, you know, and, and, and then, and then, you know, you know, spontaneous direct revelation from God. And he just, duh, you know, yeah. So, it's always on people's mind, you know, you know yeah, but are you su- sure, Ricky? Like, if you're asking me, have I heard audibly from the Lord? Has the angel of the Lord showed up? Has I, 
has there been a Christophany in my life? No, uh, but there's nothing in the will of God in the Bible telling me not to. I'm grieving and I'm thrilled all at the same time. Uh, and I'm going to choose the one that I want to choose. And, and, this, and that's okay with the Lord because it's not, it's not fleshy. It's a spiritual decision. But if I chose not to go down to Texas with my kids, that would be okay too. Because that if I chose to spend the rest of my life serving at West Sound and Kitsap County, that would also be okay with God. It's really difficult for people in the body of Christ to get this, you know, you know nope, I got to know it perfectly, right? Yeah. As opposed to. But that's you know, what, like, it's that paralyzing fear. But I think that's what I've noticed, you know, um, I mean, that he is our redeemer. I mean, he, I look at that was probably one of the times in my life where I was like, do not go with this man. Do not do it. Don't do it. And I'm going to do it because it satisfies my desire. It yeah. looks great. And that was six years of kind of like, okay, God, coming back, going back, going. I mean, plucked me right back out and redeemed all of it. Like it's brought me right back to him. It's his will. So Yes, I made a decision in my flesh, but his will will put me right back where <laughs> I need to be. And yeah, it's really it's really a beautiful thing, too, because I used to think there's no way in shape or form I would ever have the audacity to say what Paul says. I've become content in all things. But now I find that I am content when I'm abiding in the Lord. And it's only when I'm truly stepping out of that path of being in that that wonderful abiding relationship that I that I suffer with discontentment and that can be um, um, a second or two or it can last a while but in every case in every case it's the spirit of God it's the father and the son waking me up with the truth of the word of God so I can go flesh spirit really fast or I can go flesh, <laughs> spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and nowadays, it's pretty rare that it's, you know, I've, I've, I, I linger in that crawling f flesh for, you know, a week or two or something like that. I, I can't remember, you know. And, and now I, I don't even worry about whether or not that sounds self-serving or big-headed because it just is what it is. It's the normal path God wants us to walk. And uh, um, I hope I, I don't know how to grow this thing up. I, I wish I wish we could get it expanded out there. There are other things with thousands of listeners that I just excuse me, Allison, Chris, Chris, Chris will get it. But um, I don't want to give you any wrong impressions of me. But there are a thousand things out there on behalf of the Lord that I just want to I just want to throw up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And there's a there's some things out there, not just what what you started here on this podcast, Chris, but what you guys are personally doing, helping people to abide and, and other ministries that get so little play, you know, in the Christian realm that I I don't know, other than maybe it's the sovereign will that that's happening in America today. I don't know that. But I I just I pray that 
that Memoirs of Abiding would get a large audience. Don't know how to produce that apart from prayer. About it. We stay faithful. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. So we want to end with an important scripture that reminds us to abide in him. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. As you walk through this week, we encourage you to review the scriptures and themes we talk about and ask the Holy Spirit to team up with you to bring this information to life personally in your walk. Thank you for listening, and God bless.